So heading into the February signing day, final weekend, did USC's coaching staff talk to each other? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you are watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, as always, we are free. And always, I hope you're enjoying the show. I do appreciate you coming along for the ride. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done it yet, I need you to hit that red subscribe button. It means a whole heck of a lot. And if you uh, want to drop me any feedback, you can do that there. You can also send me uh, send me an email or a DM at Twitter at Mark Culkin, M-A-R-C-K-U-L-K-I-N. All right. This episode of Locked On USC is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel forward slash Locked On today to get started. All right. So after I finished putting together yesterday's episode of Locked On USC, I scurried on over to, to uh, wearesc.com where I spend the vast majority of my day. Uh, doing a lot of writing, answering questions, hanging out. And I was you know, doing my little F5 refresh, make sure uh, see if there's any other, any other news that I possibly might have missed out on. So uh, I wasn't expecting uh, to read what I read uh, from someone who, who spoke with Roderick Pleasant on signing day. And I'm also not sure I wanted to read what I read. Um, it was pretty damning, if accurate, if if true. So, what? Everyone uh, in in the Trojan recruiting uh, realm felt fairly confident that uh, they were going to get Roderick Pleasant, the cornerback from Gardena Serra, get his signature on the facts on letter of Tente. It didn't happen. And Roderick said it was, um, it, Roderick said, he, he said that on the day of signing day, on Wednesday, that he didn't make, he actually did not make his decision until the morning of. Um, and that it came down to that he hadn't heard from the USC's defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, uh, at all this week. I, I guess he was talking about the week leading up to um, signing day or the week before. There's usually uh, some gray area in there. It's not quite as simple or as black and white as that. Um, and that really the only person who was making him feel as a priority was his position coach, Dante Williams. So I have a hard time accepting that um, because I like to kind of look at how everything played out in sequence, connect the dots and listen you know, to the flies on the wall. If uh, 
Oregon didn't feel confident about this. You know, you listen to their insiders. They had written Robert Pleasant off as coming to USC. Everyone I had spoken to felt 90% confident that Roderick was going to be a Trojan come signing day. So here's what we do know. The weekend that, and I'm just going to go over this because I believe I, I went over this before, but here's the timeline. The weekend that Roderick Pleasant was scheduled to take a, to make a trip up to Eugene on an unofficial visit, he was somewhere else. Big Bear, California, I believe, is uh, where he was supposed to be at that time. And Alex Grinch and Dante Williams were in his home doing an in-home visit on Sunday. The day before dead period starts on Monday, two days before signing day. So during that time, everyone, like I said, everyone who was close to the situation, uh, they had a pretty high confidence meter. Maybe not as high as that 99.7 or 99.8% probability of winning uh, meter that ESPN showed during the last five minutes of the Cotton Bowl where USC lost that game. But it was, def it was definitely in that 90% bracket. So something must have happened during the dead period besides just a, a change of heart. So allow me to play the devil's advocate and say that Pleasant was a priority. Let's believe that for a moment, that Robert Pleasant wasn't a priority. First of all, let's define priority. Uh, well, someone's going to say, well, Lincoln Riley didn't go do the January in home. There's a reason why. Head coaches are only allowed to do one in-home visit. Lincoln Riley was there in December. Should he have saved it for January? Maybe. And if we assume that he's not a priority, and you have your defensive coordinator and the position coach in the young man's house over, during the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, whatever the day is, it doesn't really matter. Um, why would you let those two, why would you let your DC and the position coach go to an in-home if he's not a priority? Why waste that time? on a recruit that you'd rather not have. And before, like I said, and before anyone says, well, Lincoln should have been there, he was there in December. Head coaches can only do one in home. So the question is, were the coaches on the same page? You know, if we're to believe that Lincoln Riley didn't have Pleasant as a priority and Alex Grinch didn't have a have him as a priority. It was only Dante Williams that had him as a priority. Um, I'm trying to find the disconnect where all of a sudden the player doesn't feel the love. So you guys help me out. I, everyone's allowed, they're entitled to their opinion. Even some of you who uh, don't like the way I'm presenting it, that's too bad. Let's stop referring to these, these young men as kids. Let's get past that. Let's shift it. Because they aren't playing games like kids. I understand physically, emotionally, yes, they're still developing. Problem is, they're playing adult games now. And so we are going to critique them the same way.
and stop being disrespectful. You start talking about big money and you start when players are starting to manage football rosters more than coaches are. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be under the microscope a little bit more. And you're going to study what they say, how they say it, when they say it. All that's fair game. You don't have to like it. You might need, you just kind of have to, kind of have to accept it. Or don't turn into the show. You have a choice. I prefer you tuning into the show. I prefer good, solid debate. So, you know, speaking of feeling like a priority, um, obviously, <clears throat> USC had a, I think, a fairly successful 2023 recruiting class. It, it might not be over, depending on, you know, what Deuce Robinson and Warren Roberson decide to do. But I think for the most part, the class is done. So we're going to talk about some of the hits and misses in this class in the next segment. But before that, let's, uh, let's talk about FanDuel, because the Super Bowl is just a week away now after this weekend. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. If you're a new customer, you can join today. And you, when you get started, you're going to get $150 in free bets, guaranteed. And that's what all you got to do is place your first $5 bet. It's that simple. So sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads. They even have player props. And you can get it, you can combine all those and you can for a chance at a bigger uh, same game parlay if you're into that. Kind of a good way to make a lot of money at one time. And you're able to do that all on an app that's really super easy to use, secure. Keeps your mind at ease. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet. Get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, once again, can't say it enough. Thanks for making Locked on USC your first listen every single day. Make sure you're checking out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you're going to hear from the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Oh, by the way, we will be talking about the USC men's hoops. They played Thursday night at Galen Center. They beat Wazoo. We'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later in the show. But in this segment, we're going to talk about the so-called hits and misses in this class. <coughs> Pardon me. Eric McKinney, one of the best writers over there on WeRSC.com, he put together a hits and misses um, article for this class. And I'm going to share bits and pieces of it with you. I really encourage everyone Take advantage of our subscription subscription special right now, $9.99 a month or $29.99 for the entire year. And that will take you all the way through the end of fall camp this year. 
such a deal. So, uh, if you're into the recruiting rankings, according to On3, USC finished with the 13th ranked recruiting class nationally, number two in the Pac-12. And as I mentioned, the class might not be over yet. They could move up a little bit uh, if they could secure the uh, a commitment from five-star big wide receiver tight end Deuce Robinson. And you still have safety DB prospect hanging out there, Warren Roberson. Once committed to TCU, still trying to decide where he wants to go. Um, oh, pardon me. So, look, we know that USC and Lincoln Riley are going to be able to recruit offensive players hand over fist. Not a problem. Uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, they know this is an offense you want to play. Let's take a peek at uh, who USC got. And before we, you know, before all of you guys are who are down on the class thinking, well, they, this is USC, they need to do better. Um, on three categorizes, they have the four-star, they have the five-star, they have the five-star pluses category. There were 12 five-star plus players in the 2023 cycle. Alabama, Oklahoma, and USC were the only programs assigned more than one. Okay. Not bad, right? They hear George's name in there. We know Zachariah Branch is one of those players, as well as Malachi Nelson, the quarterback that they got coming into the class. Those are definitely hits. And when it comes to Zachariah Branch, some of you might remember watching Reggie Bush play at USC. Some of you are old enough to remember watching him on TV or on YouTube video. This is a very, Zachariah Branch is a very special player. He's a hit. He's the type of player who, once he figures out the college game, and it's not going to take him long, he is going, I don't know if he'll be a starter day one, he'll be a starter really, really quickly. You, you want to put the ball in this type of player's hands as often as possible. I don't want to, you know, uh, maybe we're putting a little bit of too much pressure on him, but he's in that category of a Reggie Bush, a Percy Harvin, where once the ball's in his hands in open space, yeah, it's, it's like strike up the band type moment because he's probably going to hit the end zone. And remember, USC was able to pull Zachariah Branch away from all those other major players out there. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, LSU. You name the program, he had an offer. <laughs> He's that good. Uh, offensive line. Home run. It's not even a hit. It's not a double. It's not a triple. Home run. Cleared the bases. You have, what, four or five guys coming in from the high school ranks. Uh, you've got three coming in through the transfer portal. And those three coming in are, we're going to pencil them in as starters. You have, a, what, a couple of defensive prospects. Uh, 
that USC really, really wanted, and they really, really needed, and they were able to get him. Taka Curtis, linebacker, the only linebacker they brought in in this class. Braylon Shelby, rush end, edge defender. Uh, like I said, these I, we're not going to say home run, but uh, ground rule double. How's that? <laughs> big hit. Big hit. Filled a major need. Uh, as far as misses, um, I don't want to – it's hard to say USC missed, but we talked about Roderick Pleasant in the first segment. That's that's a miss. It's a miss not because USC counted on using his his productivity in 2023. It's a miss from um, a perception standpoint. You can't have the top defensive players in Southern California not coming to USC and going elsewhere. This has happened frequently. It happened earlier with Mateo Ungalele, who went to Oregon. It happened most recently with Roderick Pleasant. Dalen Austin is another one. Local product, Long Beach Poly. Going to Oregon. Now, we can give our reasons why, yes, uh, people would prefer a different defensive coordinator at USC. I get it. We can say it till we're blue in the face. It's not happening this year. At least it's not going to be happening before the start of the season. Stranger things have happened. Let's just assume Alex Winter is going to be the defensive coordinator. Let's roll with that. We're not. We, you, me saying it over and over and over again is not going to change the fact. We have to accept it. Now, is it inhibiting and hurting recruiting on the defensive defensive side of the ball? It would be naive to say it's not. Um, NIL is also playing a playing a role. We're gonna have to, USC is gonna have to find a, a balance with that. We talked about it on yesterday's episode. USC sees NIL as a a reward for what you've done. You earned your name, image, and likeness. And there's such a few select players out there in the high school ranks who who you need to maybe. Say, all right, yeah, you're. we're going to show you a little bit special favor. Uh, but those players are so far and few in between. There aren't that many uh, Caleb Williams out there. There aren't that many, if you want to even say, Malachi Nelson's out there. But, you know, USC is going to have to make the decision. All right, you know, how many times are we going to want to play the bridesmaid? They don't have a problem on offense. Lincoln Riley balances that scale. But if, you, if you're going to run a defensive scheme that isn't uh, looking really defensive and you already have an issue of, in the past, that you're trying to correct, of developing defensive players, it's a hard hurdle to, to, to jump, to continue to jump until you see improvement. Um, I, I guess that would that would definitely fall into the miss category. 
I don't think we can consider a, you know, it's, it's interesting at the running back level. Um, Eric McKinney kind of characterized a miss here because USC went, they went big and they should went after the top running back uh, recruits in the country. They didn't get one of them, you know, Cedric Baxter Jr., uh, Justice Hayes, Haynes, excuse me, and Richard Young and Reuben Owens. USC went after each one of them. They wanted each one hard. Um, but, you know, Cedric Baxter, he's going to Texas. Haynes and Young, both of them are going to Alabama. And Reuben Owens is headed to Texas A&M. So, you, remember, this is, you, if you want to look at it as a miss from not getting the top guys in the, in the high school running back room, across the country, sure. But, you know, it's not like they struck out. You're getting Quentin Joyner, a Marion Peterson. You're bringing in Marshawn Lloyd through the transfer portal. Yeah, um, I don't know where you would categorize that. It's definitely not a miss. If you want to say, well, USC should have gotten one of those five stars, okay. I don't think they, again, you look at the running back room that they had returning, Ray Lee Brown, Austin Jones, Darwin Barlow, and then the guys that are coming in, you will see just fine at running back. What about defensive line? Sure. Um, there are some bigger names out there that USC probably would have uh, enjoyed signing during the early signing period or on the February signing day. But you know what? Sam Green, Elijah Hughes, a couple big names. Uh, Dejan Lafitte. Let's see if he's let's see if he's another Devin Tompkins uh, type of diamond in the rough, where he'll take a redshirt year, and by the end of the redshirt year, you're looking and going, "Who's that dude?" Because that's what Devin Tompkins did. He did not look like the same individual as he did when he arrived. He looked like a next-year player. You could tell he had spent time in the weight room. His body developed. So there it is. Hits, misses, sort of, kind of. Um, I think USC did pretty well. In their, in, this was really Lincoln Riley's first full recruiting class, if you think about it. When he arrived at the end of the 2021 season, uh, it was in November. So we had from then until, you know, February to, to hit the ground and get recruiting going. And that's why he, they maximized the transfer portal the way they did. They, they're still using it this year, but it's more evenly balanced. Although, uh, I think you're going to still get more impact players, save for the, the Zach Branches, the, the Mackay Lemons, uh, the Taka Curtis, Braylon Shelby's you're going to get more impact from the transfer portal. And that's why I continue to say that's going to be the direction going forward of college football. Yes, you need high school guys to keep the foundation going. But of the offensive line group that they brought in high school, none of those guys are playing this year. If they are, USC's in a world of hurt. All right, excuse me. Drink some water there. All right. 
So hits, misses, you agree, you can disagree. Tell me who uh, who else should have fallen into either side of the category. Let me know. Um, but before we uh, head on up and switch gears and start talking basketball, yeah, we're going to talk a little men's hoop. We talked about Built Bar because everyone's looking for a delicious treat, and but they don't want all the fat, they don't want all the calories. You got to try Built Bar. They're pretty good. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're really delicious. You won't even think they're good for you. And what makes Built Bars so good, well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably great flavors, like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar. And they do it while maintaining all their macros. They only have 130 calories, they have 4 grams of sugar, and they give you a whopping 17 grams of protein, collagen protein. And now you don't even need to wait around for your box to arrive. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built bar, your Built Bars at Built.com. Now, you can get them at Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or their coconut puffs. And if you're near Sam's Club, run on in and grab a 13-bar box with their hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. Let me know. Thank me later. So, all of you Hoops fans, you're out there. Get on board. Hey, USC won again. They beat Wazoo, Washington State Cougars, 80 to 70. They improved to 16 and 6 overall, 8 and 3 in the Pac 12, and that keeps them just a uh, one game behind UCLA in first place. And on Saturday, they're going to follow up and try and sweep the Washington schools. They will take on the Washington Huskies at Galen Center, Galen Center at 6 30 p.m. tip off. As far as this game, uh, Boogie, back-to-back games. Last game, he had uh, against UCLA, well, 31 points, I think. This game, he only had 21. Uh, but it was a it was an efficient three-point shooting, Boogie. Two-point shooting, eh, he was able to turn it on in the second half. As was Drew Peterson, 20 points. It was a... Uh, the game was tighter than it should have been, in my opinion. Although Washington State has a really, really good NBA caliber player. His name is Mohamed Gay. Uh, he had a career high with 17 minutes left in the game. He matched Boogie's uh, game last week. He had 31 points in this game. Solid player. And it's not just inside. The guy actually has a really nice touch from the outside as well, which is making it difficult. He had a two-man game that was given a fits to USC on defense in the first half till they made some adjustments. And maybe he was able to go off offensively because the enigmatic Joshua Morgan, who is one of the U.S. well, he's probably USC's best in, interior defender, you know, leads the conference in block shots. He's one of the top guys in the country. Uh, he got off to a really good start in the game offensively. He had five quick points within the first five minutes. And then he was helped off the court uh, with a, looks like a, a right ankle injury. 
Uh, he didn't come back to the bench until halftime wearing a walking boot and crutches. So what that meant was Vince Uwachuku's minutes and time got moved up. Uh, Kajani Wright, and he was looking for that uh, <clears throat> the, the, the right guys that he can get in there to try and slow down Gay because he was having his way with whomever he wanted to. Bottom line is this team in the second half, they turned up the defense. Uh, they figured out that they started to rebound a little bit better, although um, <laughs> they were uh, they were out-rebounded again. On the game, Washington State had 10 offensive rebounds. USC only had three. Yeah, they got to do better. Because when you're, uh, when you're only turning the ball over seven times, don't give the other team extra possessions because you can't rebound the ball. Anyways, I'm not going to spend too much time here. They got the win. They're going to take on Washington. They're going to try and keep that momentum going. After this homestand, they hit the road, I believe, to head over up to uh, – uh, I'm not sure who's on the schedule next. They have Washington up first, and then I think they head up to the Oregon schools. I'm going to have to go double-check that. Uh, if I'm wrong, you guys can let me know. doesn't matter. Um, this USC basketball team is starting to find their stride, and they're just four wins away from hitting that 20-win plateau again. Let's see if they can get there. I'm sure they're going to get there. Now it's just a matter of uh, let's get as many wins as they can and work on the seeding for the NCAA tournament because that's the goal. All right. That's it for another week of Locked on USC. We will be back again next week. Come at you five days a week. But again, I want to say thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen, your first listen every day. Don't forget to check out Locked on College Basketball. Get all of your inside uh, information from insiders, players, coaches, experts. Because uh, college football, we're going to be hitting a, a little bit of a lull here. You're going to have to find something to fill that void. College basketball is going to be fun. Get close to tournament time. Jump on board. Get out to Galen Center. Support the team. They would really, really appreciate it. All right. Until the next episode of Locked on USC. Oh, quick preview. Next week. I'm going to be talking, we're going to do a little crossover with Locked On Oregon and talk about uh, who's out recruiting who. So something to look forward to next week. Until then, everyone, you know what to do.